0: blog talk radio good morning welcome to you are okay with blog talk radio this is Mara and I am so pleased to be able to talk to you today and also to have be able to see my uh, studio today it was an interesting uh, program last week um, not really knowing all of the details about what was going on um, And thank you so much for um, coming here today. (sighs) Wow, here we are close to the holiday season. I had the most exhilarating day yesterday, and it wasn't when I was rushing off to um, mail my last packages, which may or may not arrive, all of which is my fault. So I have to accept that. The only saving grace is... That whether they arrive or they don't arrive, the cost would have been about the same for where I was sending the things, so it is what it is. Last week, we spoke about chaos, and the reason my day yesterday was exhilarating was I had an opportunity to read a book by Herman Hess. Oh, it looks like someone is calling in. Hold on just a second and let me uh, bring them in. Good morning. Uh, This is uh, calling from area code 678. This is Mara. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, Did you want to say something here at the beginning, or do you just kind of want to hang around and listen from your spot? Yes, I was just listening. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and put it on uh, mute so that uh, when the events of your family occur around you, we won't all be sharing in them. Uh, I will check back with you periodically to see if you'd like to add anything, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So anyway, here I was yesterday, and I had purchased, I had seen this this book called Siddhartha by Herman Hess. Now, for those of you who don't know, Siddhartha is uh, Buddha. And if if we were in a giant auditorium or even a small little intimate space and I looked around, the first thing I would say is, how many of you thought that Buddha was a saint? And I have to tell you, I would raise my hand. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, You know, I really had uh, come to some sort of conclusion. I had seen a show um on tv and had come to this idea that he left his father's home and he went off and he went on this religious pilgrimage which he did for three years and that he stayed on that pilgrimage his entire life and came to some great wisdom not so not so in fact some of what i think we i uh, hear about is buddhism uh is a little bit off the mark and i had read a uh internet article recently uh, from a guy who said many of the quotes that are attributed to Buddha are not Buddha. And so I said, well, I'll read this book and see what's going on. What an interesting read. And it really goes straight to the idea that us and them thinking can destroy our peace. And that's today's topic, and today we also do have music, so we can do a little uh, background uh, meditation where I'm not droning on for all of you continuously, like I was last week leading up to this show. Um, But you know what? I firmly believe that everything happens the way it needs to happen in order to get us to the perfect present. And interestingly, that's kind of what Buddha came conclusion he came to too and what's interesting is he also came to the conclusion that it's it's all us we're all in this together and I believe last week I I talked in in Christian terms and I talked about Corinthians 316 we are the body and the body is one let me say that again We are the body and the body is one. In other versions of the Bible, it says that our body is a temple and within the temple, God resides. So we are basically all, each and every one of us, connected. We are part of the entire body. Now, as you move forward through the day and through the week and especially through this Holy Week, um, which is holy for so many faiths, not just Christianity. And so when someone says, Happy Holy Day, they are not insulting and su- suggesting that one does not have a right to believe and celebrate the birth of Christ. They are instead respecting your right to do that, while, or, and possibly their right to do that, while in the same context, Because tolerance is a part of faith. You are being provided an opportunity to respect how they worship back at them. And yet, I have, for the first time that I've ever noticed, and that's a sad thought, it may have been going on for longer, I have been very disdainfully corrected over and over and over again this year by people saying Merry Christmas very rudely back. I mean, not Merry Christmas, but rudely with disdain in their voice, a disdain I don't want to even mimic Because I don't want to give it energy, and I don't know, but I think if I raise, I ask you to raise your hands in this small, intimate setting, we probably have a couple of hands going up. So something that was done to show respect for all faiths, which is something we're asked to do, and we're encouraged to judge not, is now being interpreted because of fear. If you're not, or a belief system perhaps, that if you are not Christian, you are not worthy. And I want someone to show me where that is in the Bible, any Bible. And if you are not Muslim, you are not worthy for some members of that group. And if you are not Jewish, you are, if you are Jewish, you are the chosen people and no one else is worthy. And I have to tell you, as we're listening here to this program today, I want you all to know that I believe we're all worthy. That's why my show is called You Are Okay. You are worthy, and not only are you worthy, God is there with you. God is there with you every moment of every day, as he is with everyone else. We are never alone and separated from God unless we choose to close our eyes. So we are all us. We are all part of one unit. And that's what we're going to talk to talk about today, is how do we get to that, that place of peace where we can allow other people to live their lives as they choose to and focus our energy, our thoughts on how we are living our lives individually. Not in a selfish, vainful way, but in a way where we are focusing on being a model of love, where we are modeling caring, where we stay out of the chaos. Because in the chaos that is where we become this defensive, fearful self. Where we have to be right, we have to push forward and we stop listening. And before we talk further, let's spend a moment with Annihil's Be Still Thy Soul and let us meditate or pray together. I don't care what words you use. And I don't care how you believe because how you believe does not change how I believe. You don't have to believe my way. And I did a program on that a couple of weeks ago. So you can believe as you choose to believe. And you can believe not if you choose to believe. And in all of that, in all of that, as long as it takes you to a place of peace, where you let go of fear, where you stop worrying about what other people are thinking and feeling about you, and you come from a place of love, from that temple within you, and you show that love to others, then you're not on my radar. Because what's on my radar is my living my life well and my noticing people who harm others. And that one troubles me, and I I don't have solutions. I've come to, from reading this book, I've come to realize it's it's an age-old issue. There are always us in them, those who are unworthy of being treated respectfully. And what my goal in life is, is to model that we are all equal in God's eyes. We are so equal that God has a seat beside us that he will hold our hand or she will hold our hand. And we will be uplifted by that presence if we simply choose to reach out our hand and take the hand that is offered to us continuously. To me, that's what the book of Job is about. It's about a man who had such infinite faith that even though God and evil played a card game or gambled about his Even though he lost everything in life, he lifted himself up because he believed that God loved him. I promise you that when you begin to recognize the presence of God in your daily lives, when you begin to breathe as we're going to breathe in a moment, and you begin expanding your lungs and opening yourself up to be one with all that is, when you begin recognizing your unity with everyone, when you stop engaging in mental thoughts about which finger you're going to cut off, because that's basically what we're saying. If we are of the body and the body is one, then which, which look at your own self. Which finger are you willing to sacrifice? Which part of your body are you willing to give up? And then if you do, will the body be whole? Will we sacrifice lessons that we have to learn? Because we learn lessons by confronting that which we are not, as well as living that which we are. And one of the things that I liked in the book yesterday is that it affirmed for me that in this day, in this moment, at this time, I am not who I was even a second ago. <laughs> so if someone said X Y Z and said all sorts of things that I may have done, I can say safely, that may have been who I was, but that is not who I am now. So let us begin by listening to An ILS, Be Still Thy Soul, although I use the word begin loosely. I realize I've been running off. I'm so excited about the Siddhartha book, but uh, and it's an easy read, my friend. It's 142 pages. I looked online, it's translated in every language in the world. I'm not saying that so you can become Buddhist. I'm saying that so you should read this book about a man who who had a real life, who uh, what some face would call sinned, who made bad choices. I've made bad choices. Have you? Let's raise our hand if we have not made a bad choice, okay? He made bad choices. He cavorted with a prostitute for years. He um uh, worked as a merchant. He, he uh gambled and he gambled in in such a way that people considered it ferocious gambling. And then one day, looking into the river, he said, "That's not who I am." Sound refreshingly familiar. There's a new start, and that is in every text of every faith. It's just that what kind of clamors it up, and once again, I feel preachy here, is that in most faiths, you have to be a member of the faith for the reward of eternal love from God. And no matter what your faith is, if it takes you to peace, we could just expand the door a little. And I could help you believe that you are loved by God just as you are. Right now, this moment, you are enough. You are worthy. And that's what we're going to to meditate or pray about with the Niles, Be Still Thy Soul. Now this time I'm going to begin the meditation with the word which in um, many languages is now amen Um, or is other words that begin with a or o but I'm going because now I have a better understanding of the word and I'm going to use that as a statement of respect to our connection. The stream of life in which we are all connected. There are times of hardship. There are times of uplifted joy. There are times of neutrality in our emotions. But one thing is certain. In all of those times, that stream is connected to all other water and to the oceans, which are connected to the streams and to all other water. We are connected. And this morning I send the word "Om" to you as we talk about meditating or breathing and praying. I send that to you as a statement of our connection one to the other. And so let us begin with the Niles Be Still Thy Soul. That's going to be a three-minute and 40-second period of your just letting your mind be clear of thoughts and breathing in and breathing out and connecting with all that is and feeling the value of you. And while we're doing this, I'm going to invite you to reach out to your dominant hand as we form a circle with those who are listening now and those who will listen later. And as you reach out your dominant hand, put it in the hand of God as you know God to be. I like to call God love. Because I've noticed that in all faith, that is the challenge, to love. To not judge, to let people be, to accept, to be tolerant, to love. When you take James and you make, in the beginning was the word, and the word was love. And the word was with love. Now let's even take the word further. So James says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Do you hear any idea there that there's any need for us to fight about God and what to call God? And now let's call God just for this moment, just for this second, love. In the beginning was love. And love was with love. And love was love. In the beginning, I always do that wrong in the second part. In the beginning was love, and love was with God. And love was God. When you say it right as just now it was said. That's an uplifting, powerful emotion that I can feel reverberating around the room I'm in. What a model for life. In the beginning was love. And love was with God. And love was God. So as you take the hand of love, as you understand it... And hold God's hand. Feel God holding your hand. Feel the energy of God beginning to move up your arm and across your shoulders. Feel God infusing you with love, with respect for who you are, with value. Wow, that's a good role model, huh? And now... Before we start, reach out your other hand and take the hand of God, of love, of another listener, so that today as we begin this meditation, we are joined together as man or woman, God, man or woman, human, be human. We take that word human to define the highest aspirations, humanity. And yet we then pull it back from that concept of our connection and we strip it of those beautiful jigs of being human. And we divide it into faiths, into sexes, into ethnic groups. And somehow we strip away our connection to one another, our similarities, our likeness. So let us have a group that is human God, human God, human God, and let it circle around the world. And for a moment, let's just feel the presence of all of our visions of God and all of us, all of us, all of us. And this group can grow exponentially as people join because each one of us are welcome in the presence of God. We are not alone. Oh, that makes me feel so good as I feel God in the room with me. It makes my heart well up with joy. It relieves the tensions that I carry in my throat. And now I'm going to invite us to begin to breathe together. Because when we come to that three minutes and 40 seconds, wow, that sounds like such a short period of time. Wait and see the peace that you will get from that time. But as we're moving toward listening to Annihilals, be still thy soul. As we're coming to that place, Let us begin to breathe together. And the first thing I want to say to you is the purpose of focusing on your breath is to let go of the thoughts that contaminate your thinking, the judgments, the ideas about how things should be, what should happen. You know, all of the, the, I need to feel this way, I need to feel that way. Let it go. Right now we're just going to breathe together and we're going to act as though our noses are in the soles of our feet. And we're going to pull up air up the front of our calves. Pull it up our calves, our thighs and have it slip under and cross our buttocks. And now we are going to be at what is called by many the base chakra. It's your tailbone. It's where you carry all of your fear. And fear is irrational. But it is almost always grounded in a belief that we are not enough. That we're not the nice religion, the nice sex, the nice ethnicity. We, we are judged by others. Our actions were not seen for what we intended them to be. All of these fears... And these fears tend to cloak our lives. They cloak our perception of people. They cloak how we look at things. And so let us let those fears go away. Let's send them back into the earth from whence they came. And let us bring our breath up now as a fearless breath. And my friends, don't worry about whether you're sipping in breath, which is what I call like singer's You know, you're just pulling in a little breath here and a little breath there. You don't have to take a long breath and feel like you're going through oxygen starvation because then all you're going to think about is you need a breath. And this is a journey. What we are doing here is a journey to being one with each other and with God. And so now we're bringing our fearless breath up and we're coming into the zone, the sacral chakra. That particular chakra is the zone of creativity. And that zone of creativity is where we come up with creative ideas for ourselves. We can come up with changing ideas. We can raise our consciousness. We can pull up And we can be, we can make a difference. We can let go of ideas about who we are and begin to show who we are. And so as you're in that sacral chakra, I would like you to feel yourself opening up to all of that divinity, all of that temple. Open the doors of the temple to yourself. Allow those purposes that are within you to come out through the doors and now pull a fearless creative breath up and you're going to come to the solar plexus that area in the middle of your body you know what i don't care if you call them these things but i'm going to tell you if you practice this no matter what words you may put on them you will recognize that your spine is the divining rod to all that is, to God, to love. And when you're in the solar plexus zone, you now have infused it with fearless and creative breath. And that area, that zone in your body, feel that zone. That is the zone of healing. And let us begin to heal ourselves for all of our self-judgments and for all our judgments of others. Let's pause in this place for a moment and allow the beautiful healing energy, this yellow energy that is infused by fearlessness and creativity to course through our bodies and let us believe we are enough, we are enough and that each and every one of us made poor choices before, and those were necessary to bring us to this place, to this time, for us to be who we are. And we are enough. And heal ourselves from any feelings and self-doubt about being enough. We don't have to be more than enough. We don't have to be more than anyone else. We just have to be enough. And we have made it through every hardship to this point to be as we are enough. And as you're feeling this healing energy, feel the energy of God beside you on either side of you. Feel the pulsating energy of being loved. Allow yourself to believe that you are enough and that God loves you just as you are. Now let us pull this creative, excuse me, I forgot fearless. Let's pull this fearless, creative, healing energy up, and now we're going to come to our heart. Have you noticed how often you want to sit with your shoulders hunched forward, protecting your heart? Let us instead thrust back our shoulders. Let us expose our hearts. What will be, will be. Breathe in deeply. Allow your heart to heal. Allow your heart to feel the warmth of God's presence by you. As you have this fearless, creative, healing energy, heal your heart. Let us, as we thrust back our shoulders, send out a pillar of love to the universe. Let us forgive ourselves for when we have not been loving. Let us heal the broken human relationships and realize that even if we have anger... If we believe in all that is, if we believe in the stream of life, then we can take what is good from the relationship that caused us anger and we can move on wiser and something, even if it's not another person, is on the other side of the moment will cause us to know all is well. And now, pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving breath up, let us come to the throat, the throat chakra. Oh, so many of us, all of us probably, but many of us, carry so much tension and stress in the throat chakra. That is where we speak. Once again, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't want you to, to break your, your connection to God beside you. But I seriously doubt that there would be anyone who would raise their hand who said who would say, I have always used the best words. I have never hurt anyone with my words. My words are always uplifting and pure. And if you can, blessings to you. And if you cannot, let us now forgive ourselves, for the words that we have spoken that will live on in relationships that we have had forever. Let us forgive those who have said words to us, which have pulled us into the chaos of life, caused us to feel defensive or allowed us to feel defensive, allowed us to breed on our fears that we weren't enough. Let us release all of that chaos as forgiving breath infuses our bodies. Now let us pull fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath up. And you're going to come up to the third eye that zone in the middle of your forehead, the zone of manifestation. In this book that I read last night, it interested me because Siddhartha is attributed with saying that when I decide what I want, I don't invite into me anything that contradicts that decision. That came up in an interesting part of the book. But what interests me about it is I have decided I want to be loving to people. That I don't want to be pulled into the chaos. And in this zone of manifestation, I, I could bring in self-doubt. I could bring in contradictions, the image of myself. Or I can say that all of the things that are done are done. In this present moment, I manifest myself forward a loving person, as kind, as careful with my words. And if I fail at that, then I can come back to that place again and start over. But that is who I choose to be. I invite you to stop in the zone of manifestation, the third eye for a moment, and envision you as your highest, And now let us pull forward together, fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath, and now open the top of your head as though it is a baseball cap and feel your breath go out. And begin to merge with the breath of God. Join your breath with God's breath. And as you move into a cocoon, surrounded by God on either side, I'm going to ask you to spend three minutes and 40 seconds. We have finally arrived. Three minutes and 40 seconds only. I won't be speaking to you feeling the zone of God around you, feeling God's presence coursing through your body. As you breathe in, I am enough. And as you breathe out, I am loved. Annihil, be still thy soul. I am loved, make me one source of light, three minutes and 40 seconds of all of the minutes that are in a day, and I used to know the number precisely, why is it so many of us think we don't have time to give any time to just pausing and joining our breath? minutes and 40 seconds you can do it quietly when someone seeks to pull you into the chaos of life you can make a choice I don't want to go here and instead of speaking first oh I do that I do that instead of speaking first instead breathe first remember who you are open the temple You are a person loved by God. And the person you are speaking to is also a person loved by God. Sometimes we're the teacher in showing light and sometimes we are the student. But we are all in this together. Now, Before we go forward, because there's been a lot of monologue from me, I'm going to come back to our guest on 678. I would like to get your name and uh, see if if there's anything you'd like to share with us. I'm really bad at the switchboard. I like to think I can multitask, but I'm not sure. So I'm warning you I'm coming back. Good morning again. How are you today? Hello? Hello? I think he really wants to listen. I should have gotten his name the first time, so I'm going to respect that. So us and them thinking can destroy your peace. How so? Well, I think we've talked quite a bit about it today, but I'm going to continue on just a little bit about the idea of controlling where your mind goes. When... Us and them thinking from a very real standpoint is our being influenced by people thinking that we are not enough because we are not like them and are striving to show we are or alternatively are showing them that we are better. It ends up... Being surrounded by the word judgment, I find it interesting that just about every faith, every religion says, don't judge. And yet we judge all the time. We judge ourselves as not being enough and we judge other people as not being enough or or not being as much as they think they are. we we bring the chaos of life into our lives and then we deny ourselves the peace of a few minutes alone in our minds with god now i've been doing this show for a very long time and some days i wonder why anyone listens And I used to do it, uh, for years I did it when there would only be two listeners or three listeners, and then uh, at some point the number of listeners increased, and, and that's wonderful because I feel for every listener, to listen to this show means that you have something to be gained from it. Not from me, because I am simply a spokesperson for God, as I understand God to be. But that book last night or yesterday fell into my hands because it was time for me to understand what it was talking about. And when you begin to believe that you are in the right place at the right time to be all you can be, even when it doesn't feel good, you begin allowing the extraneous emotions, the self-judgments, to be by the side. And what I do when I find that a moment lives on with me, that it doesn't stop, that it doesn't go away, that I'm judging myself, that I'm worrying whether that person is going to like me. I think we're all people pleasers, all of us. When I feel that and when we come upon someone who wants you to be something and you just want to be yourself, then you begin judging yourself as lacking. What I do in those moments, when I find myself at that place, when I find my mind consumed, yes, consumed, with what I'm not, and consumed with someone else's judgment about how I should have acted, I do one thing, and I'm going to work on doing a second after reading the book. The one thing that I do is I say, God, I can't feel this way, this anymore. Please help me to see the lesson in this moment for myself and to take that lesson with me and move away from this. I invite God to free me from my fear, from my self-judgment, from my feelings of inadequacy, from my anger if I think someone else is wrong, from my judgment of them, from my feelings of superiority, to teach me the lesson the moment has to offer so that I can move on. And I'd like to share with you a passage from a book. And if you've listened to this show for all the years it's been on, you've heard this passage before. But to me, it pulls it all together. It pulls me into a place of love. And I am in a new house, which is why for a while I was off and on with the show and I had to come and get the book. And it's called The Shack. And it's written by a guy named William Paul Young. And it's about a guy, a, a true story, a man who lost his daughter. And we all know what it, where his thoughts were from the moment He lost her, and I'm sure they were correctly there. She was stolen, and he became angry at everyone, and he became angry at God, too. And at some point, we get into this chrysalis, this cocoon of self-judgment and of judgment of others, and the anger becomes such a controlling force that we can't get out of it. And this guy went to the mountains, And while he was in the mountains, he went to a cabin, and God was in that cabin for him, with him. Now, Jesus was also there. But if you believe in uh, the Holy Trinity, then you believe that Jesus is God. So we're going to talk in terms of God, although there was a distinction between God and Jesus in the book itself. And what was interesting last night is one of the lessons that Siddhartha could learn was to walk on water. Very interesting, huh? But when all is said and done, when we go to this man, his name was Mac, and he's in this cabin, and he's learning what lesson is there in this for me to learn. He's experiencing... The breaking open of the chrysalis and his emerging as a butterfly. A new, fresh, ready to move on. And this is what says. To me, there are many passages in this book. It's good reading. It's worth reading. But this passage is at page uh, 141. Jesus invited Mac to walk on water. Mac walked to the edge of the dock and looked down. The water lapped only about a foot below where he stood, but it might as well have been 100 feet. The distance looked enormous. To dive in would be easy, would have been easy. He had done that a 1,000 times but how do you step off a dock onto water? Do you jump as if you were landing on concrete, or do you step over the edge like you are getting out of a boat? He looked back at God, who was chuckling. Peter had the same problem. How to get out of the boat? It's just like stepping off a one-foot-high stair. Nothing to it. Will my feet get wet, queried Mac? Of course, water is still wet. Again, Mac, look down at the water and back at God. Then why is this so hard for me? Tell me what you are afraid of, Mac. Well, let me see. What am I afraid of, began Mac. Well, I am afraid of looking like an idiot, I'm afraid that you are making fun of me and that I will sink like a rock. I imagine that. Exactly, God interrupted. You imagine. Such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like us. But without wisdom... "'Imagination is a cruel taskmaster. "'If I may prove my case, "'do you think humans were designed to live in the present "'or the past or the future?' "'Well,' said Mac, hesitating, "'I think the most obvious answer "'is that we were designed to live in the present. "'Is that wrong?' "'Jesus chuckled. "'Relax, Max. "'This is not a test. "'It's a conversation.' You are exactly correct, by the way. But now tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind, in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? And please, listeners, substitute any word for God. There is no one right word as long as, as you recognize there is a being that cares about you. Enough to be with you every day, 24-7, even though you turn your back, even though you show a cold shoulder, even though you close your eyes. God hangs around. Mac thought for a moment before answering, I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past. But most of the rest of the time, I am trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people, when I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not the past. Although much can be re- remembered and learned by looking back, but only for a visit, not an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future you visualize or imagine. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? Again, Mac stopped and thought it was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future. And in his imagination, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And Jesus was also correct in saying that in Mac's imagination of the future, God was always absent. Why do I do that, asked Mac? It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you cannot control. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real. Nor will it ever be real. You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality, and then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. Yeah, that's basically what God was saying, responded Mac. So why do I have so much fear in my life? because you don't believe you don't know that we love you the person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in my love i'm talking about rational fears i am not talking about rational feels regarding legitimate dangers but imagine fears and especially the projection of those imagined fears into the future to the agree that those fears have a place in your life you neither believe I am good nor know deep in your heart that I love you you sing about it you talk about it but you don't know it so my friends, let's all work this week let's manifest this week for ourselves, that we will live in the present. And in the present, we will remember this hour that we spent with God holding our hand on either side, both hands, and remember our value. And I said to you that I had a second thing that I was going to work on when I found myself being pulled into the chaos. And the chaos is not so scary for me because the reality is I remember where I left my peace. And we'll go back and go through this exercise and reclaim it. But I don't want to miss any of the present by getting trapped in the chaos. So what is the second thing? I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen more and talk less. That is a challenge. Listener from Area Code 678, thank you for joining me today. I wish I had gotten your name. I started beating myself up when I realized I had not. Next week, I'll be better. To all of you, wherever you are, we are coming through a holy week. Peace envelop you. May you remember this moment, this time with God, and invite it into your day many times. Until next week, I wish each and every one of you good wishes, happy holy days, and send to you my best wishes. I salute your inner divinity by using the word namaste. Until next time, may peace be with you. Remember, open the present of this moment. It is a gift from God, and you are loved by God always. Namaste.